When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. The Lowe's Truckload Event is back. Save 10% on all decorative lighting fixtures, plus more amazing deals in-store and online. Hurry, offer ends January 4th, only at Lowe's. It's Connor McDavid. He's got Darrell Walker, and he's got some room down the sidelines. McDavid to Everly. Dishes off one time to the 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Eskimos. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, here we go. Your final show of 2016. It'll be a fun one tonight. Keeping an eye on some World Junior action after a great game just wrapped up a few minutes ago. Switzerland and Denmark entertaining contest. They went to a shootout and Switzerland won at 5-4. So that means Finland, who won it all last year, will have to play in the relegation round. Latvia and Slovakia on the ice right now, 1-1 late in the first period. Canada and the United States tomorrow afternoon. Always a classic on New Year's Eve to determine the winner of their pool. And we'll talk a little bit more about the World Junior Tournament as we move along tonight. Kelly Rudy also slated to join us. And oh, I know what you're thinking, right? I I know what many of you are thinking. Maybe not right at this moment, but maybe in the last week or so. You probably indulged at Christmas. And hey, I don't blame you. I did too. I ate turkey. I ate cabbage rolls, maybe had an extra beverage or two, and now you're thinking like, okay, I gotta, I, I gotta get in shape. These clothes don't fit. I know I can be a little bit, a little bit better shape. Uh, well, we'll we'll talk about that later on tonight as well. Some tips to uh, to help you with some realistic goals and some safe uh, practices to maybe get in a little better shape in the new year. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. This is Inside Sports, Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630 Ched. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is an absolute pleasure to have you on the other side of the speakers and or computer and or uh, phone device. You can always call 780-496-0063. You can text us at 630-630. The Edmonton Oilers are 19-12-6 on the season. The last time they were seven or more games above 500 in the regular season was the final day of the 0506 regular season. The last time they made the playoffs, and hopefully they are headed in that direction. Some notes today for the Oilers. Andre Sekra did not practice again, continues to battle what the club is calling an illness, and he will not play tomorrow against the Vancouver Canucks. Jordan Osterley has been called up from the farm. Mark Fain has been activated off injured reserve and sent down to the farm, so there are those transactions. And Tyler Benson, the local product, who's with the Vancouver Giants, drafted 32nd overall by the Oilers this past summer. The Oilers have signed him to his entry-level contract. 
So there you go. Good. Tyler Benson, great local story. Proud to be uh, an Edmonton Oiler. He gets his ELC as we head into the new year. So uh, the Oilers got back at practice. They also, Zach Cassian was uh, was not on the ice, so uh, we'll see his status when they get back at it for the morning skate tomorrow. By the way, we have a special extended face-off show tomorrow night coming up 6 o'clock Saturday, and then the game against the Vancouver Canucks will start at Eight, all on 6.30, Chet. And I'm excited to tell you that Larry Robinson, NHL legend, will join us on the Face-Off show tomorrow to share some memories of the uh, New Year's Eve Classic from 1975 when he was a Montreal Canadian and they went toe-to-toe with the Soviet Red Army in uh, a game that some people consider one of the best of all time or maybe certainly one of the most important of all time. So that'll be fun to have him on the Face-Off show. But the Oilers have been... uh, uh, They've been keeping you on the edge of your seat in December, haven't they? They have played 13 games. They have gone 7-2-4. So no strangers to overtime. Seven of their games have gone to overtime. And I I went back and checked the box scores this afternoon. So of their 13 games, 11 of them have been tied or within a goal after two periods. And then some of them that were within a goal wound up being being tied in the third, and then obviously all the overtime games. I mean, the Philly game was 3-3 after two. The Oilers went up 5-3, gave up three in a row, lost in the final two minutes. Uh, obviously, you had the uh, the game last night. The Oilers had the lead going to the third. The Kings tie it. Eric Griba, the unlikely hero. Wasn't that exciting for Griba, who scores just the sixth goal of his career? Just the sixth goal of his NHL career. And it was a cute one last night, batting it out of the air to get the Oilers a, a victory. I mean, the, the only time that's been more than a one-goal difference for the Oilers this month, the uh, Arizona game, they were up 2 nothing after two, wound up winning by a goal. And uh, back on the first of this month, they had a 4-2 lead over Winnipeg after two periods and wound up winning the game 6-3. So I, I think that's some valuable experience that the Oilers are getting, and not just experience, quite frankly, some valuable success that they're getting in these close games. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. I think that's one from leadership. Um, We have some older players on our team now that have been um, in some stressful or important situations throughout their careers and they can keep it calm. Um, To the physical strength our team has now, the size, um, we can slow the scrums and the cycling down a little bit more so the panic point's a little bit lower. Uh, structure and belief system we're getting a little bit better in those areas um, but like any team we'll, we'll have breakdowns and that's where your goaltender comes into uh, into play and he makes a big difference well we'll start with that final point and I, I we don't get a lot of complaints about Cam Talbot's play anymore <laughs> I mean absolutely solid your goaltender is always going to cover up mistakes and the, let's face it the Warriors have played in some games w- with good goaltending at both ends of the ice they've played Minnesota twice Minnesota has Devin Dubnik. Uh, they played Columbus, and, and that night against Columbus, Bobrovsky was a, a hair better than Talbot, and they got the win. I thought Peter Budai played well last night. Uh, Martin Jones, the Oilers didn't test as much against the Sharks, but I thought he came through. Uh, I thought Carter Hutton played well against the St. Louis Blues, and, and Talbot's been matching or exceeding the other goaltender most nights, and, and you can't underestimate how huge that is for the Oilers. I, I love that McClellan used that talked about the the panic point the panic point because I think every team has a panic point and I think the Oilers have been able to push their panic point 
back. It, it takes more for the Oilers to reach that point. And you, you don't see a team that looks uncomfortable or where the mistakes mount. And there are always going to be mistakes and there are always going to be turnovers and the other team's fighting for that puck just as hard as you are. But I, th- I think we see here... And, and I know Peter Shirelli in the offseason by some people was criticized. Well, why did he get this guy? You know, Adam Larson isn't that good. Uh, you know, Chris Russell isn't a star player. You know, Milan Lucic, well, they overpaid for him. Those were some of the criticisms that, that people were leveling against Shirelli. But I think you see the value of guys who have several hundred games under their belt or who have played in the playoffs you know, Patrick Maroon, another guy, and they're kind of those deep breath guys. Okay, the other team scored. So what? We can score too. We're in this game. Let's not get out of control. And I, we talked about that earlier in the season, and I, I think now through the month of December, we're seeing it. Now, the Oilers have had more opportunities to be in those games because the games have been close, and I think that's great. I, I, I think that's great. I mean, great. It's 1-1 against the LA Kings with 13 minutes left. Let's see how you handle it. Great. you got to go to overtime and a shootout against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's see how you handle it. A couple overtime games against the Minnesota Wild. One went to a shootout. Okay, you didn't get the win. Minnesota's a hot team. Let's see how you handle it. I love that the Oilers are being put in that situation to be tested in that regard because I think it can only pay off in the long term and help breed... Maybe even confidence isn't the right word. Help breed calmness. I asked Milan Lucic about the close games today. Well, I think it's something that you have to believe in, and, and I think it's uh, that belief starts in, in, in being on the same page and believing in the game plan and, and that the game plan is going to give you success, uh, especially in those type of situations. So I think uh, once you start believing in that and, and, and believing in each other, uh, I think that's when you start getting the the, the result that you want. Uh, you know, kind of like you said, uh, reevaluating and, and and regrouping to start a season obviously has to happen every year uh, before you start the year. But as the season goes along, that's where you start to, like I said, build that belief and and build that trust and um, you know uh, stay focused and stay on course uh, with the game plan and. It's good to see the guys uh, committed to it and sticking to it for a full 60 minutes. And uh, we know if we do that, it's going to give us uh, uh, more success than failure. You know, he talks about sticking to the game plan. And, and maybe you hear that as a sports fan and think that's a cliche. And, and, and fair enough, Kelly Rudy is coming up in the next half hour. and I'm going to ask him about that. But I think with the Oilers this year, I mean, and look, they, they have better players. They, they have better players and a more well-rounded roster than they've had in a long time. So don't underestimate the actual ability of the players. But Lucic talks about the game plan and believing in each other. And, and, I, and I think that's beyond all the raw, raw stuff or I like the guy in the next locker. I think a lot of that comes down to we all have tasks that have been clearly explained to us by the coaching staff. And as an individual, I'm going to do my job. But beyond that, each individual is able to say, I know that my line mate is going to stick to his job in that situation. And I think a lot of times when teams talk about trust and belief, that's the tangible thing that they're talking about. 
where I, I don't have to go run around and try to do three players' jobs at once. I can do mine because I know the guy next to me is doing his thing. And if we stick to that, as Lucic referenced, more often than not, that's going to work out. And we're starting to see that in the Oilers, and I, that's what's really encouraging to me. 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Talk a little bit about where Connor McDavid is at. Uh, well, we know he's excellent, but he's played, now played 82 games in the NHL, which amounts to a full season, obviously uh, interrupted by an injury, and also the impact of Leon Dreisaitl and where I see those two players at in their development. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. It's 621. Here's what's going on in the NHL tonight. The Blackhawks trail the Hurricanes 2-1 after the first. No score early between the Predators and the Blues. A couple of, uh, well, three Pacific Division rivals in action tonight. The Sharks, who are ahead of the Oilers, host the Flyers. The Ducks play the Canucks. Both those start at 8 o'clock Ched time. And then, of course, the Canucks are here tomorrow night. The Edmonton Oil Kings in Calgary tonight. Then they host the Hitman 2 p.m. on New Year's Day. Oilkings.ca for more info there. And our buddy Cam Moon, we had him on the Faceoff show last night, will call his 1500th game as the play-by-play voice of the Red Deer Rebels. They will host the Kootenai Ice tonight. It was great to have Cam on the show last night. Always fun to hear from him. 780-496-0063. We have Dave calling in tonight. Hello, Dave. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. Uh, okay, my comment is... Um they play 38 games till the new year, right? Well, I know that already. Anyway, I picked them to go 21 and 17 for 42 points, and they've already met that. So, did you pick them to make the playoffs? I, I didn't actually. I, I picked them to win 38 games and just missed the playoffs. They're they're oh. clearly on play on pace to exceed that. So, okay. hopefully, they keep I, going. I hear you, but I picked them to be here. Give me one second. I give them 90 points to be 43, 32, and seven. So I got you by five games somehow. Huh. And I picked them for 90 points, so and I still picked them more for you. All right, well, let them keep going. They'll make the playoffs, and I'll call you in April. Yeah, for sure, Dave. Thanks hey, man, a lot. You guys, hey, I love your job. You're doing great. Okay, thanks. I appreciate that Bye. you listen, buddy. That's Dave, 7804960063. I don't think I picked an ex- a whole record, did I, Kel? I just gave a win total. No, yeah. Yeah, because it's impossible to tell at the beginning of the season what the win loss you know, overtime loss. Yeah, the overtime loss. Right? I, I just, I just said thirty-eight wins. Yeah. I mean, they, they are on pace to exceed that. If they, uh, if they win tomorrow, then that's win twenty in game number thirty-eight mm-hmm. against the Vancouver Canucks. So uh, hopefully, uh, I mean, look, that's a game where the Oilers should be favored going up against the Canucks. Seven eight zero four nine. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can text six thirty six thirty. Jared texting in. He says, "Read." If uh, the Oilers make the playoffs, I would classify them as a sleeper, a team that you wouldn't want to face in the first round, a team that with a few breaks and a hot goalie could go into the third round. Happy New Year. That is from Jared. Well, I'm glad we're talking about the possibility of making the playoffs going into the new year rather than where you're going to finish in the draft lottery. I mean, this this looks like a team to me that can avoid a uh, a disastrous drop-off that, that would have them quickly and dramatically tumble out of playoff contention. I'm not going to sit here and and guarantee playoffs or crow about this team being a contender. 
uh, because they, they I, I still don't classify them as a Stanley Cup contender. I, do I classify them as a playoff contender? Well, how can't you? They're 10th overall in the NHL right now. 82 games played for Connor McDavid. He has 90 points, by the way. He has hit the point where he has played a full season's worth of games in the NHL, though clearly they've uh, been broken up because of last year's bad injury. Kareem is on the line. Hi, Kareem. Hi, how are you? Doing great. Good. I love you guys. You guys do an awesome job. Thank you. Uh, Two-part question. Uh, I know Connor and Sidney are head-to-head in our scoring race, but do you think... Connor should be a little more selfish and shoot more instead of passing so much? Oh, probably, but that's easy for me to say from the press box because he's probably seeing passing lanes that most of us could never dream of, oh, and he know, thinks I they're going to work. Yeah. But, yeah, sometimes, I mean, he still shoots a fair bit, but yeah, absolutely. You, you look at maybe, you know, 10 times or so this year, you wish he just would have fired it from the slot. Well, and I always look at Sid and I always see his highlights, and he's just shooting from everywhere. Well, and a lot of the top goal scorers are are also the top shooters. Whether you want to look at Ovechkin's shot volume or Brett Hall, he like would yeah. get hundreds of shots in a year for sure. Yeah, I just wish he would shoot more. And the next part is, if they make the playoffs, which I hope they do, uh, you know how everyone's covering Connor. You think it's going to get a little tighter and more tougher for him? Yeah, I think so. The the goal scoring usually goes down another half goal or so per game in the playoffs and sometimes the refs are more reluctant to call penalties so yeah I, I mean I think that's fair but I, I mean the, the, the counter argument to that is the Oilers have to become a team that's comfortable doing that to the other team's stars yeah, well, and I well, think they're getting there well I think they have the size so they can probably match up physically to any team now so they won't be pushed around but I just hope Connor doesn't get hurt Danny, I, and I think it'd be great if he makes the playoffs it'll be a good uh, test for him. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a, it's been a fun year. I mean, look at look at everything they've been through already in terms of the ups and downs, some of the disappointing games, some of the encouraging games. But bottom line, to this point, there've been more encouraging games than there have been downers. So it's been fun to follow, man. Yeah, well, I hope all the Canadian teams make it, and I hope we bring the buck, bring the cup back to Canada this year. Right on. Appreciate the call, Kareem. Don't know about all the Canadian teams making it because uh, obviously the Canucks are in a lot of trouble. We'll see about. Uh, you know, Winnipeg, Calgary, and Edmonton still got a lot, a lot of work to do. Montreal looks good to get in. Ottawa's looking good. Leafs are uh, hanging around. They're five points. So we, we might get three or four Canadian teams in the playoffs, which would be cool. All right. We got the 630 news traffic and weather coming up. Kelly Rudy on the other side of the break. I'll ask him about the uh, sticking to the game plan cliche that Milan Lucic threw out there as a former player. I think Kelly will have some interesting comments on that. And I believe Kelly has a story about visiting the Playboy Mansion, believe it or not. That's all coming up. Inside Sports on 630 Chat. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Well, good to have you tuning in tonight. Man, going to be a fun weekend. we got the Oilers and the Canucks tomorrow. Canada-USA World Junior Game, uh, final Sunday in the NFL season. Jamie Thomas will join us in the next hour of the show to... Uh, TF that I guess we got the big game between Detroit and Green Bay on Sunday night, so that's for uh, the what is that the NFC North they call it now? Yeah, the NFC Norris as Chris Berman would always call it. 
Now, I believe the way it goes is if Washington wins, the Detroit Green Bay winner is in and the loser is out. I believe if Washington loses, then both Detroit and Green Bay are going to make the playoffs. Right. But the loser would be the wildcard team. And I think Tampa Bay still has a chance if Washington loses and one of the games ends in a tie or something like that. But it's it's pretty remote. <laughs> yeah, it's very remote. So yeah. unlikely. But sometimes strange things happen. I don't know if anything uh, that strange is going to happen. My name is Reed Wilkins. That's Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in tonight. Tomorrow, and what about this tomorrow? Columbus, winners of 14 in a row. At the Minnesota Wild, winners of 12 in a row. Longest, uh, I mean, the two longest winning streaks ever to meet in one of the four North American pro sports. And then what's, I, I hope Columbus wins, not because I have any special affinity for the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, but because the Oilers play Columbus on Tuesday on the road. The Oilers start a four-game road trip there on Tuesday, and I think that'd be cool for the Oilers to take on a team with a 15-game winning streak and try to crack it. Now, if Columbus and Minnesota meeting tomorrow, dare we say, this early in the season, potential Stanley Cup final preview? Well, sure, but can't you say that any time a West team plays an East team? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I mean... Uh, I guess right now you they would be favorites. I, I mean, right now, if the NHL said we have to shut down the season and everybody's going to vote what two teams play in the Stanley Cup final, I guess those two teams would be voted in. Yeah, but, you don't know. Uh, I just am. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I know what you mean, Kellen. I'm always reluctant to say that though because there's there's so much time between now. And I know it's it, it's cliche too, but I just figured I'd throw it out but there. I, anyway. I, I but I know what you're saying. So I mean, two incredible streaks. Uh, I mean, two hot teams is, is an understatement. But that'll be another one, another fun one to keep an eye on tomorrow night. He joins us every week here on Inside Sports. Former NHL goaltender, now an analyst with Hockey Night in Canada and the NHL on Rogers. It's our buddy Kelly Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, Reed. I'm uh, here in Toronto. I'm getting ready for the big weekend here, the Centennial Classic. And so as much as I'm looking forward to the game itself uh, on Sunday, Reed, I'm really looking forward to the alumni game tomorrow and just to see some of the guys that uh, I played against and with and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be real fun uh, getting together uh, with those guys. Yeah, pretty cool that uh, we got another outdoor game in Canada this year. Uh, I, I know you've you've told your your locust story from the game in Vegas several times, so that's that's uh, that's always a favorite. I don't think they'll have that problem in Toronto. What's what's the what's the weather looking like for tomorrow? I think tomorrow's uh, going to be a little bit chilly. Uh, I think um, windy. We're expecting that, anyways. Uh, we've got quite heavy clothes that uh, we're going to be wearing for tomorrow. I know Nick Kiprios and Elliot were down there earlier today and they said uh, it was pretty chilly so uh for sunday though i think it's supposed to get a little bit nicer i don't think the wind's supposed to be as high as it uh, uh is tomorrow and from all accounts it's going to be a picture perfect day i heard i read actually earlier this week that there's going to be rain expected for sunday but i think that forecast has changed which is a good thing yeah for sure yeah that's going to be fun though those outdoor games are, are always great the uh, oilers have a new year's eve game Tomorrow, obviously, against Vancouver, coming off a win 3-1 over the Los Angeles Kings last night, where 
Eric Griba scores for the first time since February 2nd, and it's the game winner. And Kelly, you know, Todd McClellan had a great quote after the game, just basically saying how uh, how that lifted up the, the, the bench. And I don't know what your impressions are as now a broadcaster and formerly a player, but uh, a goal from an unexpected source or a guy who usually excels in, in different areas, it's interesting the effect that that can have sometimes. It really does. Uh, it's a, another uh, way to bond again with teammates, and it's it's really cool, especially when it's like that's his sixth career goal only. Um, as you said, it's been almost a year, and when it's the game winner, it's not like it was the sixth goal when you beat somebody six one or something, and, and you know it's just well that's great and all, and, and you're excited for the guy. But when it's the the game winner and in the style in which it was, uh, I read where he said it was a lucky goal he just took a swat at it but i think it's more than just luck i mean when you watch the play that's pretty good hand-eye coordination and and for him to even sneak in there uh is a, a pretty good uh, play so you know when guys play that hard it's nice to see them get rewarded i think of a guy that might have had like a similar type career uh or played a little bit longer or quite a bit longer but to grab is only 28 so he may do that too but i think of a guy like tim waters that i played with incredibly hard-working guy not rewarded all that often on the score sheet but really really difficult to play against the opposition hated him he'd just never go away and when when uh, tim was rewarded occasionally with the odd uh, goal or something i think we all felt extremely happy for him the, the other way to look at that is do you think a goalie ever says to himself oh my god i can't believe that guy scored on me of all the oh, people that sure. were going to score on me <laughs> Oh, you bet. I remember a couple of times when a guy would score, and I'm thinking to myself, seriously, Kelly, you let that guy score? Like, there's no way in the world that he should score on you. But uh, I remember one time, I think it was Corey Cross, and and I was kind of teasing with the guys. I hope Corey's not listening, but I was kind of teasing. I was playing for the Sharks. He uh, was playing for Tampa, and uh, I was thinking about – I don't even know how it came up in conversation, but I said to the guy, and Corey Cross is not going to score on me. And, of course, he did in the third period, and I was so ashamed and embarrassed, not because he scored, but because I had the, I was foolish enough to, to mention somebody and, and allow myself to look, like, ridiculously stupid. That late in your career, Kelly, I can't believe you were still making proclamations like that. <laughs> right? I know. Yeah, I should have learned. You know, 15 years in, you'd think you'd have a little more common sense than to do something that silly. Kelly, uh, they're already joining us here on Inside Sports. You know, I was looking at uh, the Oilers games for this month. First of all, they're, they're 7 2 and 4 in December. They've gone to overtime seven times this month 11 of their 13 games have either been tied or within a goal after two periods so uh the games have been fun the games have been tense and it's interesting kelly because like every every player in the nhl has played in close games in junior or midget or or in the minors so they know what it's like but it's almost like teams have to almost relearn that every year and each team has a different way of of handling being in a close game and and the composure for the Oilers is miles ahead of where it's been in recent seasons absolutely and and I know I've used this uh, on other uh, shows with you the maturity level is different so but you can say and it's all great when you play minor hockey and maybe junior hockey and then in the minors uh, you play some close games but there's nothing like 
that feeling winning close games in the National Hockey League. It's a unique experience. The pressure is different. The pressure really builds. You know that management's watching. Uh, you know they're they're evaluating how you handle these situations. So there's a lot more on the line. It's great to go through it when you're a kid, and that's how you learn about it. But there's nothing like the exhilaration when you actually pull it off, and, and like the Oilers have many times this year. That, that's a, such a important step in your in your development. And also when you look at a team like the Oilers, it's been so long since they made the playoffs. It, it sort of proves or allows them to feel that they can trust each other moving forward and that that's going to be a great thing if they make the playoffs, which I believe they will. Well, that's a good point. And, and uh, you know, Milan Lucic today just talked about sticking to the game plan. And let's face it, that's a bit of a cliche, but I think he just means where it's like, hold on, we know what we have to do. And even if it's 1-1 with 10 minutes left, we trust what we're going to do will work more often than, than what the yeah. other team is trying to do. And, you know, I, I think it's for us in the media, we look at it as cliches, but it, those little comments that, that have been around for 100 years really are important. And to the players, they're not a cliche. They're really like a, a catchphrase that's really important to sink your teeth into. And I think of little ones that I used to... Uh, uh, you know, sort of say to myself, for instance, if we were going into Edmonton and I was with the LA Kings, um, I knew that we had to weather the storm early or, or that I had to. And so whether my teammates felt the same sort of thing, I knew that was really important for me because I always expected the Oilers were going to come hard out of the, the gate and I had to be prepared in the first, t- say, 10 minutes to take away some of that momentum. So However you say it or whatever the phrase is, those are really important uh, little notices that that the guys, uh, they really, really do pay attention to. Kelly, it's, I mean, I mentioned the, the, the month for the Oilers with all the overtime games. What's been really fun to watch as well is how Leon Dreisaitl has been so strong and his vision and his play on the puck and, and his work in his own end. And let's face it, Connor McDavid is the headliner for the Oilers. He might lead the league in scoring. If he doesn't, he's going to be right up there. But quite frankly, I, I think Leon's had more impact this month in games consistently than Connor McDavid has. And, and that might be... You know, the, the, well, that is a huge storyline for the Oilers. I mean, two guys in the top 20 in scoring. And quite frankly, Kelly, I, I think they have different skill sets and they each create a, create a different set of problems for the opposition. 100%. Uh, I just, uh, I'm, I really, really love watching Dreisaitl and the way his game has really developed in the last couple of years uh, when I first saw him. I, I just think that this guy is, uh, he's the real deal. Uh, I don't think he's the kind of guy that uh, uh, he'll have a great year, then you'll you'll wonder what you're going to get next year. I think that it was a great experience for him to be around uh, Kopitar in the World Cup and to watch how that guy carries himself and how he prepares for every game and the way in which he goes to work every night. So those kind of experiences are invaluable. But I just think that that guy is, you're right, Connor McDavid, like he's he's a generational player, but you have to have guys like Dreisaitl to win. And so um, you look at it, it's more in line with what their roster should be too. You know, I kind of got in trouble with some of the other fans a couple of years ago when I talked about Nugent Hopkins and I said on a hockey night show, I said that to me he's a second or third line center. And, and that's proven to be accurate. I mean, that's what he is. He's, 
depending on how your roster shapes up. But he was in a number one position, but he, that wasn't his fault. He just shouldn't have been. He's, uh, he's more in line where he is now, so that helps out. And I know they're still looking for more from him, but that's where he should be slotted. And Dreisaitl is a perfect number two down the road. Uh, he's going to have a long, long career as a uh, centerman. And and Connor McDavid is the the perfect guy. I mean, so it, the roster is really rounding out nicely as well. Kelly, before I let you go, I, I asked you last week about playing games right before Christmas. Uh, you said sometimes it can be more of a distraction for uh, for the home team, though uh, the Sharks carried the first 40 minutes against the Oilers, so that was a, a mature team yeah. who made sure they didn't get caught up in the distractions. And look, we know if you're a hockey player... Um, you don't work nine to five. You know you're gonna, you're going to be playing yeah. at at odd times and and always in the evening. Having said that, is is there anything uh, uh, around a New Year's Eve game, or can any of that be uh, distracting or a different energy in the building? Anything like that? For some reason, I was so excited about uh, uh, the New Year's Eve game, and and typically there was some sort of get together after, and so I wanted to make sure that that get together was enjoyable and so if my memory serves me well i think i always usually play pretty well right around that game because again um you don't want to go to some party team party or get together and be in a foul mood so my motivation was pretty strong there it was tough after like after the new year's i i found it i always found january a tough month to play it was I think you have to kind of trick your mind and, and fool yourself that you're really into it. So you had to kind of manufacture enthusiasm. I can tell you one year, though, Reed, uh, New Year's Eve, we had an afternoon game in Anaheim. I was with the Kings. And then uh, we tied, I believe, 2-2. And I played really, really well because I was so excited because my wife Donna and I were going to the Playboy Mansion for a party that night. So... That was extra motivation to make sure that I was pretty focused in that one, too. So that was a good memory. When you brought up, when you sent me that text, I was like, well, I remember a pretty good party I went to one time in Beverly Hills. <laughs> well, hold on a minute. Kelly Rudy, a little, a young little kid from West Edmonton at one point in his life, yeah. wound up at the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> yeah, and we, uh, with my wife, of course, it was, uh, and we have to go check out the leg- legendary grotto, so... It was, it was a really cool event, and it was not the Playboy Mansion of old, where it was like just craziness. Debauchery? This was pretty sophisticated, <laughs> yeah. It was, this was not debauchery. It was a black tie event. It was really cool. Got to meet Hef, and uh, I think uh, Kimberly Conrad, um, his wife at the time, she was from Vancouver, so she was a big hockey fan and all that kind of stuff, so it was pretty cool. Well, that's a great story, Kelly. Thanks for sharing that. Hey, man, happy New Year. I know we're going to be right back at it next week, but always great to have you on the show. You got it, pal. Talk to you then. Good stuff. Kelly Rudy. The visit to the Playboy Mansion. All of a sudden, that just stole the thunder from the rest of the interview, didn't it? It's 649. It's Inside Sports on 630 Jet. But in all seriousness, uh, you you hear Kelly, who's been pretty critical of the Oilers uh, over the last couple of years, uh, feeling a lot more encouraged about the direction of the team. And I just want to expand uh, expand on some thoughts on McDavid and Dreisaitl when we get back. It's 649. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chat. 
keeping an eye on this World Junior game. Latvia and Slovakia 1-1. Seven minutes left in the second period. Your scoreboard is presented by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, you can visit crystalglass.ca. Earlier, exciting game. Switzerland outlasting Denmark 5-4 in a shootout. By the way, Kellen, the, the World Junior Tournament, as you probably know, uses the... Uh, the three-two-one-zero point format. Right. Three points for a regulation win, two points for an overtime or a shootout win, one point for an overtime or a shootout loss, no points for uh, a regulation loss. Now, I think that's a very fair point structure because the one thing I don't like in the NHL is, you know, the, the NHL is saying, well, if you're tied after 60 minutes, you, you should get a point. But by that argument, well, it should be more valuable to win in regulation time. But I've I've said one of the reasons I believe the NHL won't do this is because they don't want to be a, a league with four columns in the standings, especially in, and you know they're always trying to get as many people in the United States to follow along, right? And even though there is the odd tie in the NFL, I think there's been two this year, hasn't there? They're pretty rare. So most of the sports, the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball are basically two-column sports. When you look in the newspaper or online, you got wins and losses. Uh, the NHL has three. I don't think they want to go to four. Denmark's record now at the uh, World Junior Hockey Tournament, 1-1-1-1. One, 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 and one. Cool. <laughs> uh, the Swiss are 0-2-0-1-1. Oh, so they actually have two wins, but they were both in extra time or a shootout. Right. It's just the the first zero means they have no uh, regulation wins. They also have no regulation losses. So anyway, I just thought that was funny. Denmark won, 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 and won. NHL, Hurricanes lead the Blackhawks 2-1 there in the second period. Predators and Blues 0-0. That is after the first. Still to come, Flyers at the Sharks, and the Ducks play the Canucks. San Jose a point ahead of the Oilers in the Pacific Division for first place. The Sharks do have two games in hand, so they'll play one of those tonight. The Ducks are a point behind the Oilers. So right now it's 45 San Jose, 44 Edmonton, 43 Anaheim. And uh, Anaheim and Edmonton going into tonight have played the same number of games. Oilers and Canucks tomorrow on 6.30. Ched, we got the face-off show coming up at 6, and the game will start at 8. We have a special two-hour face-off show tomorrow night. You know, I was thinking about uh, the way Leon Dreisaitl has really looked like just a player more in control of his abilities on the ice over the last month or so. He's now played 146 NHL games. This year, he's tied for 15th in the NHL in scoring with 32 points in 37 games. And and I I was thinking, so Connor McDavid just hit his 82nd game played. And Leon Dreisaitl has now played 146. And the beauty of that to me is, I don't, I mean, you look at Leon Dreisaitl and think he's he's really starting to figure it out. What he can do out there, what his strengths are, how he can make that work for him. As good as McDavid has been, and he's tied for the league lead in scoring, I actually don't think he's at that point where he's figured out his game. To, to it to the max. And I think with, with Dreisaitl, you see him winning more puck battles, you see him in better position, you see him making more creative passes, and that's, to me, the beauty of this one-two punch down the middle. You have one guy like Dreisaitl who's, who's starting to figure it out, and McDavid could be 60 to 80 games of experience away from that point Dreisaitl is at. And not that there's much to critique about McDavid's game, 
but he's still on the uptick here. He's still climbing. He's still growing. He's still experiencing what Dreisaitl has already experienced. Because, because I do think there's been um, a pretty obvious new benchmark for Dreisaitl over the last 12 to 15 games. And we may not actually see McDavid at that benchmark till maybe early next season my opinion but it's pretty cool if it comes comes true 657 little world junior chat we will get a hockey parents perspective of what it's like to have a kid on the canadian world junior team when we get back inside sports on chet 630 chad inside sports with reed wilkins weekdays at six on 630 chad